If you have your Bible, turn with me to Matthew chapter 9, Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. I want to remind everybody also, our youth and children's choirs all start back this afternoon at 4 o'clock with children's choirs, 5 o'clock Ignite, 6 o'clock youth group, and, and uh, except the We Jam, that's the preschool choir, is starting back next Sunday. How many of y'all are excited about the We Jam starting back? Amen, amen. So, so make sure that, uh, but that's starting back next Sunday, but the other children's choirs are starting back, and they're going to start looking at a spring musical, all that good stuff, and uh, Ignite and the youth. So it is good to be getting folks back Together, Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your grace. And Lord, we pray that your word will come forth this night, this morning. That your word will come forth this morning, will challenge us, change us, and will be a healing word for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, uh, we are continuing with our series. Now, we've been looking at how Jesus is the goat. And in case this is your first time with us, you're probably thinking, goat? What in the world does a goat have to do with it? But uh, Jesus is the greatest of all time. That's what goat stands for in this series. And so you may think about others that are the goat in certain categories, uh, whether it's basketball or golf or, or music and things like that that or NASCAR, Dale Earnhardt, amen. But anyway, uh, who was the goat? And uh, different ones that are known as the goat. But Jesus, we believe, is the goat. He is the greatest of all time, of all time. And he may not have played basketball, but he is the goat where the goat counts, amen. And we believe that. And so we've been talking about that. We talked about how the first week he is the greatest preacher of all time, the greatest preacher of all time, and that he um, is. Uh, he always brought good news, but at the same time was always challenging and inviting people to new life. Then on the next Sunday, Pastor Kim talked about uh, uh, how Jesus is the greatest leader. That was the Sunday I was sick, and so she found out on Friday, late Friday afternoon, she was going to have to preach something, and, and so she did great putting that together in a day and a half, uh, and half the night or whatever, uh, that, and, and she talked about him as the greatest leader, and she talked, uh, she talked about how uh, he was the greatest leader because he had the greatest characteristics of a leader. One was to forgive and another was to serve. If you remember Jesus, he was the most powerful person in the room and especially in the upper room. And what did he do? He washed the disciples' feet and taught them what it meant and what it looked like to serve. 
And, and so then last week we talked about Jesus is the greatest genius, and, um, and we were online only. Hope that you tuned in for that. We did have a few uh, that came, and that was awesome to have some. It's a lot better to preach to people than just the camera. I'll go ahead and tell you. But um, we talked about him being the greatest genius and how those characteristics of genius were wisdom, creativity, and memory, and how he we have been we have been created in the image of God. And so some of that genius is in each and every one of us, and it's his grace that restores that to us. And so we find ourselves today, we're going to talk about Jesus as the greatest healer. Now, we know, uh, you may say, well, Tim, why, why do you want to talk about him healing? Uh, and, and all, we have doctors and things like that, and, and we do. We have doctors, we have therapists, we have uh, physical therapy, we, we have medications, treatments, all of those things. And, and I think all of those things are awesome. They're great, and God uses those for a means of healing. But at the same time, I think sometimes we put so much trust in those other things, we forget to go to the great physician at the same time and to go to Jesus for healing. And he is the greatest healer, and I want us to see that today because we are in a time that there are a lot of people that are hurting. Amen? There is a lot of hurt to go around. There is hurt, there, there, there is COVID, there is uh, the effects of COVID, there there are physical effects from that. We have, some have lost loved ones from that. Others have lost loved ones that had nothing to do with COVID. And, and you may be hurting after the loss of a loved one. And, and we, have, we, we have read out names every week of folks who have lost a family member uh, from just not even COVID, but other things. And, and, and we know that there are folks that there's division out there. There's, there's uh, relationships that are suffering, marriages that are suffering because of the tensions and other things and outside sources and sometimes inside sources, all kinds of things like that. And, and if there's ever a time that this world and the people in this world are in need of healing, it is today. And God is a healing God. And I think we need to understand that that is a part of Jesus' ministry. And since it's a part of Jesus' ministry, if we are the body of Christ, then it needs to be a part of our ministry as well. Amen? It needs to be a part of the ministry of the church. And so we're looking at these. And not only physical healing is needed, but there's emotional healing that's needed. There, there's some things, I tell you, I don't think, we, it'll be years before we truly know all the effects that have been on our children and teenagers for having to stay behind a mask for the last two years. I'm just going to say that. And, I, and, this, and this is not a political for mask against mask. I'm not, but I am just saying the reality of it, we will not know all all the effects that this has been for children and youth during this time. We won't know that for a long time. And, 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 but there are emotional effects and social effects and, and, and also we know that there are relationships that need... And so all of this is in need of healing. In Matthew chapter 9, verse 39, it says that Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Now, the gospel of the kingdom, we talked about what that was. It's good news, and it's also an invitation to new life. He was going around. And in part of that preaching, listen what happens next, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. That is the gospel. 
That's the gospel message. It's not just about a spiritual healing, and that's the greatest healing we can have. I mean, it really is. But it's also about wholeness and shalom and peace with God and peace with ourselves and peace with one another. It, that Jesus came as a God of wholeness, and he wants to bring healing and wholeness to our lives. And so we're going to go ahead and I'm going to give the invitation now just so you can anticipate the invitation. Uh, we are going to have a time of prayer after, at the end of this sermon for healing and wholeness. And we're going to have prayer, uh, prayer stations where folks will anoint you with oil and, and pray for whatever needs you have. Or if you want to stand in for somebody that can't be here that has a need. Or if you want to come uh, together or as a family or, or individual, all of that. We're going to be doing that at the end. So be thinking, be asking God, what is it that I need today as we listen to some principles for us to see Jesus as our greatest healer? What are some principles for us to see Jesus at our, as our greatest healer? I just want to teach on healing for a few minutes this morning. Number one is this, Jesus's ministry was a healing ministry. We need to see that. We need to see that. I think a lot of people kind of miss that. If you look at the Gospels, though, you cannot miss it. In fact, in the Gospels, in the four Gospels, Jesus does more healing than he does anything else. He does more healing than he does preaching. He does more healing than he does teaching. He does more healing than anything else. He is constantly, if you look at the miracles of Jesus, it is healing miracles. And he's healing all kinds of different types of infirmities. He, he, he heals the blind. He heals the paralyzed. He heals those with seizures. He heals a withered hand. And he even heals Peter's mother-in-law. And I think Peter was actually happy about that. Amen. I, and I, I got a great mother-in-law, so I know I would be. Amen. And, 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 but but Jesus healed all. He, he healed everybody that he came in contact with, with that was sick. He would heal them. Uh, somebody said, I heard one preacher one time say that at the pool of Bethesda, you know, the man that had been uh, laying there for like 38 years, Jesus heals him. And it doesn't say exactly what happens after that. But we don't know that Jesus didn't heal everybody around that pool on that day. He very well may have. But he had a healing ministry. And, and, and some folks have tried to say, oh, well, that happened back then because he was trying to, for it to be a sign for people, for people to believe. No, Jesus didn't need that as a sign for people to believe. Jesus healed people because Jesus loved people and had compassion on them. Amen? We see that over and over. In fact, in Matthew 14, verse 14, it says this, And when Jesus went out, he saw a great multitude, and he was moved with compassion for them and healed their sick. Now, yes, people would come to believe after that, and that was kind of a good side effect that went along with it. But no, he healed them because they were sick. He healed them because they were hurting. And it breaks God's heart to see our heart break. And so that is why he brings healing and wants to bring healing. Jesus saw the multitude, had compassion on them, and healed their sick. His ministry was a healing ministry. Number two is this. Jesus heals in different ways. 
I think a lot of times we like to pigeonhole Jesus to, to, or God to, to, to heal in a certain way or, or on our timetable or in our method and things like that. But what we see is that Jesus heals in a lot of different ways throughout the Gospels. You can't Xerox his healing. You can't, you can't copy it from this to this. And, and, and there's not a secret formula to finding it or whatever. And, and, and we see that. I mean, there was one guy that he healed, a blind man. That, that one blind man he touched one time, another blind man he touched two times, and another blind man he makes a mud pie, puts it on his uh, face, and then tells him to go wash in the pool of Siloam. And, and, and whenever he does that, the, uh, the man is healed. And of course, this, the Pharisees and all came to him and said, how did this happen? And the man says there in, in John chapter 9, verse 11, therefore, verse 9, 10 and 11, therefore they said to him, how were your eyes open? He answered and said, a man called Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes and said to me, go to the pool of Siloam and wash. And so I went and washed and I received sight. And they continue to press him again. If you read on in that story, they're like, how did he do this? Was he a sinner? Was he pulling up some spirit, a dem demonic spirit or whatever that to do it? And the man says, listen, all I know is that before he gave me, uh, before he put the mud on my eyes, I couldn't see. And now I can see. And so it's not our job to figure out the how and to figure out the why and to figure out the timing and all of that. But we, it is our job to just bring it to Jesus. And that's what exactly what I hope that we will do today. Listen, he, 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 for some folks, uh, he, he even brought them back to life after they were dead. Remember Lazarus, his friend Lazarus? It was four days late. And, and if you remember, the King James Version says, He stinketh. That means he was smelling kind of bad already. And, and Jesus walks into that tomb and he says, Lazarus, come forth. I heard one preacher say the reason he called out Lazarus' name because if he had just said, come forth, every dead person in there would have walked out. He says, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus was brought back to life. We just need to let Jesus have his way. And we just need to turn it over to him. And that's what we're going to do this morning. See, there's three ways that Jesus heals. And I, I remember uh, some years ago we had uh, Dr. Jimmy Buskirk at, as our camp meeting preacher uh, we, up at the horse farm there in Bladen County. We used to do a district camp meeting and, and have, it up, have it up there. And I remember that Buskirk was there. Now, Buskirk, um, was, uh, he was pastor at First Tulsa in Oklahoma for a while, but he was also, he was the, um, he was the dean of the seminary at Oral Roberts University for a while. And, and, and I remember, so he, he was friend, good friends with Oral Roberts. And if you don't know who Oral Roberts is, he did a lot of healing ministry and throughout the years. And now ORU, Oral Roberts University, named after him. And he founded that college at and all, and, and, and he, but Busker, I remember sitting at the Corner Cafe in Elizabethtown, that's where we'd take them to eat and see Mr. Ecky and everything, and we were sitting there, and I remember we were talking about healing, and I said, well, if you just had some things to share with us about healing, what would that be that you learned for Oral Roberts and everything? And he said, well, I learned this, he said, God heals in three different ways. The first way, sometimes he heals instantaneous. That means, and we've seen that, miraculous, instantaneous healing, where somebody's hurting, we pray for them, and they're not hurting. 
We had somebody watching on Thursday night, and they, they were watching online, and, and they said they felt something during the service, and then by Friday morning, the pain that they were having had gone away. We, we hear testimonies of that. We've prayed for people before. I remember praying for somebody, and they had a, 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 a tumor the size of an apple, is what they said in there. And, and we prayed for them, and they went back for the next scan because they were going to have surgery and all, and it was gone. Doctor. Couldn't explain it. And sometimes God works in that way. Oh, he said the second way is sometimes it's progressive. And, and, and progressive healing, you know, this is, I believe God uses doctors, nurses, and for, for treatments and medication and surgery and things like that can be a part of God's progressive healing. And God is the author of that. He gives the doctors the knowledge and the wisdom and the nurses and everybody to care, to care for us. And God works healing in that way. And sometimes it's a progressive healing. And then he says this other way. Now, a lot of people don't like to think about this one a lot, but sometimes God's healing is ultimate. And that is, I know we say, well, you know, we lose that person. We're, we're sad about that and everything. But we got to understand that in ultimate healing, that person is in a place that is much better than this where there is no more tears, only tears of joy, where there's no more pain, no more cancer, no more arthritis, all of those things, and they are in the presence of Jesus forever. Amen. Amen. And so here's the thing. I'm, I, don't choose, I, I don't get to choose which way God heals. I don't get to choose the timing. We're not going to choose that this morning. We're going to pray. We're going to pray for instantaneous. Amen. We'll pray for that or progress it however. We want it to be one of those first two, but we're going to leave all of that up to God. The great faith healer, Catherine Kuhlman, was asked one time, what if you're praying for folks and you're in the line and one of them falls out dead? She says, I'll step over them and pray for the next person. I don't know if I want to be the next person or not, but anyway, but, but she said, I mean, everybody I preach to don't get saved, but she said, I don't quit preaching. And so I'm going to pray and I'm going to put it in God's hands, and that's what we're doing this morning. Jesus heals in different ways. And last is this, believe that Jesus still does the miraculous. We have to come expecting him to still do what, what we can't even fathom. What we can't even imagine. God is that kind of God, and he's still that kind of God. There's some that say, oh, the miracles that ceased with the last apostle or whatever like that. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that. It doesn't say that in the Bible. The, uh, the miracles of God. Listen, the Bible says that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And you know what that means? That if God can heal then, he can still heal today. Amen? Amen. God does not change, and God is looking to do miracles in our life. I like Philip Yancey said it like this. I've said this before, I'm sure, is that, you know, what we call the supernatural that we see Jesus do is really just natural to Jesus in an unnatural world. Jesus is doing what is natural to him in this fallen world, and to us it looks supernatural. We have to come expecting that, looking for that. And I've had friends before that's been on mission trips to Romania and different places, and they said, Tim, they saw in healing lines people's arms actually that were crooked, that were actually straightened. They, they, I, I remember Mr. Eck and them saying they had gone to Oral Roberts uh, crusade years ago up in Fayetteville, and they saw miraculous things. Like they, it was just hard to fathom. 
We just need to come expecting that God can. We'll leave it to Him how He will, but we need to come expecting, looking that God can. I won't ever forget, uh, years ago, I was very new in my ministry, was just started pastor, I was associate pastor, and, and uh, Benny Hinn, some of y'all may have seen those crusades, and if you watch it on TV, I know it just kind of looks different uh, or whatever sometimes, but I, I remember going to one of his crusades, and, and my uncle got me um, pastor seating. I, I went up there on the stage, not sure what you had to do to get on the stage or what you had to give, but anyway, I don't know about that, but anyway, um, I think it was all free. Uh, the whole crusade was free, but, but I, I remember me and my buddy Stoney, he went with me, and, and it was at Reynolds Coliseum uh, where State used to play basketball, and, and um, Back when they were like really good, and and no, I'm just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. I, I like steak, but anyway, but the um, but 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 we there Reynolds Coliseum was full that night, and we were we got pasture seating. We were on the seventh row. In fact, we were sitting right behind Benny Hinn's wife because they recognized her and all. I could have thrown a piece of chewing gum, got in their hair, but I didn't. I didn't. Don't worry, I would not do that. But but I mean, that's how close we were. And and, and I just remember that night, the whole corner. I mean, the whole end of that Coliseum was one big community choir, and, and they had a massive band and orchestra up there, and I mean, they sang for about the first hour how great their art and other praise songs that just ushering in the presence of God, and, and, and then he got up and spoke, and I remember I, I, I really thought a lot of what he spoke about, because he got up and said the greatest miracle that anybody can, can ever experience is to be born again. In other words, it's spiritual healing. And that's the truth. The greatest miracle we can know is to know Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And he gave an invitation just for that first. Before they got to the healing or anything like that, he did that. And then, we, there, there were massive, they said there were people all outside in line wanting to get in uh, uh, to be prayed for for healing. Now here's the thing. We saw a lot of healing take place that night. And why do you think it took place? I don't think there's anything different about God's Spirit there than God's Spirit here. God is the same no matter where it's at. And there's nothing special about Benny Hinn or about any of those prayer partners that night that's going to be any different than the prayer partners here this morning. What the difference is, is that people came there that night expecting God to move in such a mighty way in their lives. And we just need to come expecting God, to do the miraculous in ours as well. And Lord, I don't know how, don't know when, but I'm going to give this situation to you. That's what we're doing. James chapter 5, verse 13 through 15 says it like this, and this is what we're going to do. We're just following the word this morning. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. If anyone among you is sick, let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick. Now here's, here's the awesome part right here. And the Lord will raise them up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. See, not just physical. It's about the spiritual. It's about the emotional. It's about a relational. Whatever... Whatever the need is for healing today, let's trust in the greatest healer for every need. 
I tell this story everywhere that I go, and I, I usually, when I preach revivals different places, I usually, the last night, just like we do here, and we'll be doing that February 20th through 23rd, is going to be revival here on that last night, Dr. Laura Early's going to be with us, and we're going to be praying for healing again then, but we don't have to wait till then, we can do it this morning. And, and that's what I want to do. Um, but I tell this story everywhere because it just always builds my faith every time I think about it. But there was, there was a young family whenever I was pastoring up in Bladen County. And, and they had uh, come there with their parents. And they had one little boy and she was pregnant with another. And I remember we started praying for them uh, after they had come for a visit. And then they went back to Cincinnati, Ohio to have the baby where the children's hospital is there. Uh, she was told that the baby, um, from some tests, that the baby would have spinal bifida and that, um, that the baby uh, would probably never be able to walk and probably never be able to talk. And, 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 and so we started praying then. But she had the baby, it was a little boy, and she named him Noah. And uh, they moved down here permanently at that time and uh, after she had the baby and they started coming to our churches re church regularly. Well, we found out that uh, Noah with the spinal bifida had gone for some checkups up in Chapel Hill and found out that he had pressures that were building on his brain and they would need to go in. It was risky and everything, but they'd need to go in and do a shunt and it was just going mean, to be intense and all. And um, so they decided they would go for a second opinion up in Cincinnati and, and uh, back to where they had began care for him. And so they had lined it up. They were going to be leaving on that Monday. And on that Wednesday night before, I remember that day I'd been down here for something. I checked the hospital, uh, the hospital gift shop and I checked the Bible bookstores because I'd seen these little quilts that, that you would you could buy a little prayer quilt and you could write on it and you could pray over it and everything. Of course, when you're looking something, you never can find it. Amen? And I couldn't find one anywhere. So that Wednesday night at Wednesday night supper, I went to Miss Betty. She was a lady there in the church that would do quilting and some sewing and fix my suits and pants sometimes like Miss Jeannie Scott does here. And, um, and Miss Betty, I went to her, I said, Miss Betty, I, I need a little prayer quilt. Is there any way by Sunday, didn't tell her who it was going to be for, but I just said, I need a little prayer quilt. Is there any way by Sunday you can get something done? She said, well, I have one starter pattern that I think I can finish. And she said, I'm not sure what kind of pattern you want, but this one, I, the only one I think I can finish is a Noah's Ark pattern. I said, that'll do. That's perfect. And so she had that thing done, a little Noah's Ark prayer quilt. And we signed it that Sunday and we presented it to the family and we prayed over them. And they left out that Monday and we got, we got word back that whenever Noah went in for his procedure that they let him take in the prayer quilt. And he was wrapped in it. And then we got word back several hours later that when they did the MRI, there were no pressures whatsoever. Amen. Amen. Not only that, you know they had said he probably would never walk. I want y'all to know that several years after that, I watched him run the track on a field day around that track at Bladen Lakes Primary School. Also, they said he might never talk. 
listen, at children's time, he would always talk about pancakes. And, and, and he actually was a straight A student. I would even call his mom every now. How's Noah doing in school? Great. He's making straight A's. And I saw him at a funeral just a few months back. Noah was about this tall. And his dad had had surgery, so he was having to push his dad around in a wheelchair. And let me tell you something. Every time I see him, I just say, thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Folks, I'm, I'm here to tell you, God is able. Let's trust in the greatest healer for every need this morning. And what we're going to do this morning is just simply in obedience to the scripture. Nothing magical or mystical about this oil, but we're going to spread prayer partners around this uh, auditorium here. And, and so you go to any one of them. Don't have to go to a certain one. Just go to whichever one's closest to you and whichever one opens up uh, is open. You just go to that person. We're going to be singing. The band's going to be leading us. But uh, we're just going to do what the Bible says. Nothing magical or mystical about this oil. It's just in obedience to the scripture. It's a point of contact. We're going to anoint you with oil. Uh, we're going to ask that you just whisper uh, or tell us uh, what your need is. Now, you can be specific. You can say, it's my left knee. It's been giving me uh, pain. It can be that specific or it can be very general. And you say, I have a need God knows all about. Or you might say, I have a spiritual need. I have a relational need. Whatever it, however you want to do. It's going to be confidential. And, and, they're going to, and then we're going to anoint you with oil. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Just put a little cross on your head with oil. And then we are going to pray for that need that you had just named. If, 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 if you know somebody that's sick that's not here today, you want to stand in for them. If you know a marriage that's hurting, you want to stand in for them. If you want Whatever it is today, whether they're here or not, we, we invite you. We invite you to just come and be prayed for. Um, as those that are helping me pray, go ahead and come and, and get the oil and, and, uh, and going to make their way around this, uh, around this gym, around this worship center. We're, we're just going to give God a chance to do what God desires to do in our lives. Amen? And we're going to do that. Let us pray. Lord, right now, in the name of Jesus... Lord, we pray that you will move in a mighty and awesome way. Lord, we pray that this point of contact this morning will be a point of healing. That you will begin that healing where healing is needed. That you'll continue that healing where healing has begun. Lord, that you will, will bring healing no matter what it's... Maybe there's some that need spiritual healing, God. And they just need to say, I need spiritual healing. I need Jesus to grow and move in my life. Whatever that may be, Lord, may you have your will in this place and in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.